It's Zotime. Welcome to the Zotime Show presented by HoopsandBrews.com. I will be your host for the night, Daniel Belts, and like it's still so hard to just imagine that like we signed LeBron James. It's July 30th. We've basically known for the past month that well, he signed with us July 1st, and it just even a month later with 30 days to process it to realize that one of the greatest players if not the best player of all time has joined your franchise it's just it's crazy like i i had been wanting this to happen like the lakers actually go out in free agency and finally sign an all-star and not only do we get an all-star we get a superstar we get like i said one of the greatest players to ever play and it's just We've had a month to process this, and it just still doesn't feel real. And it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting times for Laker fans everywhere, even for just NBA fans. Like, or if you're not even an NBA fan and you're just like a casual person out there in the world, the term Lakers and the term LeBron is something you probably hear in your everyday life. And now they combine forces, and it's just an exciting time to just actually be a NBA fan because. LeBron didn't choose your favorite team. He chose the Lakers. He chose this historic franchise, which he talked so much about today when he was giving his interview with Rachel Nichols and when he was speaking at his I Promise School. And it's just, it's wild. This entire, I wouldn't say entire show today is going to be about LeBron, but probably like 90% of it is going to be about LeBron, what his expectations are, what the future holds for the Lakers with him, and just basically all about his thought process joining the Lakers what he brings to the NBA court what we can predict years down the road talking about his previous playoff experiences and the amount of help he's had and the amount of help he'll have with this team and it's going to be a fun episode I haven't talked about LeBron like this ever I've never probably talked about LeBron for more than five minutes at a bar with some random stranger talking about just the NBA but I mean, it feels right. It's just, like I said, it didn't feel real for the first month. And, I mean, LeBron's made a Lakers appearance at Vegas with the uh, Summer League Lakers when he came out with those Lakers shorts. And, I mean, then he's talking about, like, actually, like, Laker players on the team, like, with his interviews recently. And just, I mean, it's exciting. It's a dream come true for not only... Laker fans, but for LeBron himself, like he said, and I'm just excited for this episode, and yeah, so let's just get to it. So, LeBron today knows that the Laker team he joined is, like, it's going to be a challenge. It's not a super team like the team Kevin Rant went and joined. Um, This isn't even like the 2011 Heat team that he joined, because he joined Dwayne Wade, and and he also knew that Chris Bosh was coming along. This is basically LeBron coming by himself. This is a superstar who is going to a non-playoff team without another all-star on their roster. Like, this is... It's crazy. Like, I didn't expect this to happen. No one else did as well. Even though the rumors were he wanted to go to L.A., like, we just didn't think it would happen because he's at that point in his career where he still wants to win rings. But he's in L.A. He likes the pieces we have. He likes Magic's vision. And it's just crazy where 
he could have went anywhere else. Like he could have went to Houston that has two all stars. He could have gone to Philadelphia where they have Embiid, who is an all star. He could have gone. LeBron could have gone anywhere to a playoff contending team already, and might have had a better chance to win a ring this year. But he elected to join the Los Angeles Lakers. Trust the vision that we that Magic Johnson kind of gave him, and I don't know, maybe. Maybe we need to talk more about, maybe LeBron knows more about the game since he obviously likes our young players and likes what they can bring to the basketball court. And, I mean, if LeBron chose to play with these guys, he obviously likes what they bring. So why is NBA Twitter always trashing what the Lakers currently have? I would say LeBron knows more about the game of basketball than you do. And, yes, we can bring up Le GM and like all of the things he's done as a basketball GM where it was endorsing, um, who was it that got drafted by the Heat? Shabazz Napier, I believe, or he wanted the Heat to draft Shabazz Napier, whether it was giving J.R. Smith certain money or Tristan Thompson all that money. Maybe, maybe we need to realize that maybe LeBron knew no one else would come to Cleveland, so he kept... J.R. Smith, who did contribute in that finals win in 2016. Maybe he kept Tristan Thompson as a center because, hey, LeBron realized if these guys leave, we might not get anyone to replace them that has equal amount of talent or can do what they do. So if I've already taken these guys to a finals and actually won a game or won a finals with these guys, I mean, if the worst thing I can do is bringing them back, then I'm going to do it because they're still going to help me get back to where I need to go, and they can actually do something on the court that I like to help me win as much as I can. And then Kevin Durant dropped the biggest bombshell in the past five years regarding like NBA when he went to the Warriors, and then at that point, I think everyone in the entire world realized no single team had enough talent to deal with those Warriors. So LeBron said, you know what? Instead of joining a super team and kind of following Kevin Durant's path, let me go to a team that has nothing but 20 to 23-year-olds playing. Let me try to help them as much as I can, and let's try to compete for titles, contend, get the Laker franchise back to where like it was, because LeBron does go in-depth with how just blown away that he was by the like Lakers' like history as a franchise with all the players that came and played for us with all the titles we've won and he talks a lot about like our title and our championship winning ways and I mean LeBron said he knows we haven't been in the playoffs for a while and he wants to be that guy to bring us back to where we belong and not a lot of superstars or all-stars can handle that challenge we saw LaMarcus Aldridge decide hey he can't handle that pressure we saw Dwight Howard decide hey he can't handle that pressure we even just saw recently Paul George 13% who by all means, wanted to join the Lakers last season, but, I mean, maybe Paul George, is, he realizes he's not cut from that same cloth. Like, Paul George is fine playing second fiddle in Oklahoma City while losing in the first round and not receiving any of the blame because what happens to every team that loses? The best player gets all the blame. Like in 2016, when the Warriors lost the NBA Finals, Everyone decided to blame Steph Curry when in reality it was Harrison Barnes could not hit a three to save his life in that series, and that is why they lost. But yet you only, if you're the best player, you get the criticism and you get the praise. 
And that's what basically LeBron accepts. Like LeBron knows if he wins, he's going to get all the glory. If he loses, it'll all fall into him. It happens with NFL quarterbacks. It happens with the best players in the NBA. So like I said, certain players can't handle that pressure. And then that pressure gets magnified by a thousand when you join the Los Angeles Lakers. Like we have, as a franchise, the biggest target on our back. And so probably the only actual all-star that can come on his own and say, you know what, I accept it, we're going to do whatever it takes to get back there, is probably LeBron James. And, I mean, I'll talk more about this later down the road, but this is some Hollywood-type shit. Like, if we do win a championship, this is a Hollywood story that LeBron's going to be able to pitch with his, uh, what is it, undisputed or undefeated... Um, network and like it's going to be amazing so like i said lebron today told rachel nichols that he loves our young core and he loves like our organization he loves magic and palinka he mentioned lonzo hart kuzma ingram and zubak as like the returners are the as the only people returning from the team uh, from last year and he wants to build a familiarity with all of them so when lebron says that he wants to build a familiarity. It, to me, it seems like all the young kids are safe. Like, we're not going to get the team to try and trade for another star. Like, LeBron realizes what, like, is going to happen in year one. And it seems like he's ready to embark on this journey. Like, he's up for the challenge. And, I mean, you almost want to give him... Like, he'll never get the credit he deserves for joining a team like this. Like, we are an up-and-coming team. We probably don't fit his timeline, yet he's taken a chance. And a lot of Laker fans like myself believe our young court is going to be great. But they're going to need to be great now for LeBron to have a chance to get his fourth ring. So it's, it's going to be an interesting ride, I think, well, I don't think, I know all of the young kids already just love the excitement that their team is getting. They get they love the excitement that LeBron brings to this team and playing with LeBron. Um, Lonzo's already mentioned LeBron James is his favorite player. Josh Hart's been shouted out by LeBron James this summer during Summer League. Same with Kuzma and Ingram. Like, there's just, it's exciting times. And then even LeBron just saying Zubak's name, even though he pronounced it horribly, it's just exciting times. Like, it's something I never thought LeBron would ever say is the word Zubak. And the fact that they're going to be teammates is going to be one hell of a season. And then he also talked about players like Beasley, Rondo, Lance, and JaVale. And, like, even he realizes the, like, comedy that a lot of people had at the expense of the Lakers signing them. But, like, he realizes the love that Beasley, Rondo, Lance, and JaVale all have for playing the game. Like, the love they have for playing the game. And, I mean, he's competed against many of these players. Like, he competed against Rondo, Lance, JaVale. And then he was even teammates with Beasley. So, it's, like, he knows what they bring to the table. So, like I said, maybe LeBron knows more than everyone else does and I mean if you're one of the greatest players of all time you see the floor better than almost any player of all time I mean maybe we need to trust that aspect some more and I know a lot of the comparisons LeBron gets is how 
Michael Jordan gets determining talent, but I mean, I feel like it's unfair to lump those two people together with their uh, team building IQ. And I don't know. I just feel like LeBron should get more like leeway with it because, like I said, the situational GMing I think is what he does. Like he kind of uh, like he sees the trade offs with signing certain players or letting certain players go and. I mean, he's not the one that wanted Kyrie gone. Kyrie wanted to leave. So it's not like LeBron said, you know what, I want Kyrie off the team. All implications said, hey, LeBron wants Kyrie to stay. So I just feel like we need to stop saying he's a bad GM and, I don't know, kind of like wait and see what happens here. And I honestly believe this team is going to be special. I believe it's going to be... A team that just creates a certain buzz around the city of LA, a certain buzz around the entire like NBA atmosphere, and I believe we're going to be an above 500 team. I believe we're going to be in the playoffs. I believe we're going to be a 50 win team. And I normally like don't talk about like what players do outside of the game of basketball on the show, but I mean, what LeBron is doing is really fucking cool with just him building a I promise school like for the kids in Akron I believe it was 12,000 kids he's going to put through school and I mean forget basketball that's probably his even with basketball that's his greatest accomplishment it's going to be his greatest feat that's going to be the thing that brings him the most joy and it's just cool to see an athlete give back like that and it's really cool to see all athletes give back but I mean, at least for me, this is the biggest thing I've ever seen an athlete do, like, regarding giving back. Like, this is, like, school is very important. Putting kids in a school that believes as much, or putting these kids in a school that actually believes in the students himself, given the backgrounds of these kids and, like, the certain situations in which, like, their uh, family's in, that's huge. That is Like, it's inspirational, it's honestly very touching, and it's way bigger than basketball. And, I mean, hopefully other players take note and try to start something like this or build more I Promise schools in different cities because this is one of the greatest things that I've seen. And, I mean, it should show every other NBA player to not just shut up and dribble. And it should show them how much just social awareness and just how much of an impact these athletes can give and like can do. And I mean, LeBron's had everything thrown at thrown out at him. He's also not come from the greatest of childhoods. He's came from a poor area and yet he made it out and he's doing all these things to give back. And it's just it's awesome. And, I mean, that's, like, you probably, like, after this, there's probably nobody that should hate LeBron the person. Because if you do, I think you're a flat-out moron, and I just don't want to ever be in communication with you. Because, yes, he might beat your favorite team, and he might do whatever on the court. But you can't deny that he's probably, at least for our generation, the most um, influential athlete, maybe outside of Colin Kaepernick in the in the world right now and it's 
cool to see him doing this as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Because you've already seen like Genie Bus like retweet everything he's doing. You've already seen the Lakers uh, Twitter retweet everything he's doing. You've already seen like Magic Johnson give his approval who LeBron is following in kind of his footsteps with being like a business entrepreneur and wanting to own a team after his playing career. And I just want to talk a little bit more about the like uh, LeBron James and Magic Johnson pairing because I mean LeBron's talked about it. They are pretty much cut from the same cloth like they like what LeBron wants to do is basically follow in the same footsteps as Magic Johnson like Magic was a global icon Magic was a five-time champion Magic was just this guy who always brought positivity with whoever was around him once he retired he started to get into all these like business ventures, and then he started like to work with the Dodgers. He even worked for the Lakers for a while, and then he owned the Dodgers, and now he's the president of basketball operations with the Los Angeles Lakers. Like LeBron wants to follow in the footsteps of Magic Johnson, and I mean Magic Johnson gets three or four years of preparing LeBron for life after basketball, and LeBron gets to basically learn from Magic how to handle things after he retires. And I don't ever want to throw shade at Jerry West because he's a Laker great. He is the logo, but I mean, to say that all LA had to do was not fuck it up and that he was coming to the Lakers regardless because he wanted to live in LA. You're Jerry fucking West. You also have experience with life after basketball with like running a team and stuff like that. You also have a team in LA. You could have easily easily gotten the assets LeBron wanted to come and join with. So don't say that it was an easy get for the Lakers and like they should not get any praise for it when you could have done the exact same thing for the Clippers. So just kind of realize you're another GM or not I don't think he's the GM, but he's like a basketball, what do they call those? He helps run the Clippers. So, like, he could have done everything in his power to make it as enticing to join the Clippers as the Lakers, yet LeBron didn't choose you guys. I don't even know if you guys got a meeting. Well, actually, I know you guys didn't get a meeting, but I wonder how much conversation you guys had with Rich Paul over the year and Clutch Sports, because it doesn't seem like any, because you sound very bitter. And, I mean, I know things ended kind of, like, south with the whole Phil, Lakers bus family with you so i don't know it's just i would like jerry west to not take shots at the lakers when he is a laker great because then it makes talking about jerry west very uncomfortable because i don't want to overstep and oversay something completely wrong about jerry west because like i said he's a laker legend he is the logo he is the only person to ever lose a finals yet win a finals mvp and i mean i think he like averaged 30 more points in seven of the finals that he played in so it's like he's not like a like I, uh the people at hoops and brews were <laughs> thomas was talking about who would you have for a if you had to have one game from any player would you rather have i think it was vince carter clay thompson or jerry west and i'm just surprised that it's not a overwhelmingly popular vote for jerry west because jerry west is the best player out of those three because he averaged 30 points in seven of the nine NBA finals that he played in. 
Yes, he lost eight of them. But Clay Thompson isn't taking a team seven to nine times to an NBA Finals as being the best or second best player on a team. Clay Thompson can't do that. Jerry West could. So that's where I'm going to say if I had to have one player for one game, I'm taking Jerry West 10 times out of 10. Like I'm not even thinking about Vince Carter or... Um, Clay Thompson. And keep in, keep in mind that Jerry West did all of what he did without a three-point line. Put Clay in the 60s and 70s, Clay's not going to have that three-point line. So, like, that's all I'm going to say about that. And just more about LeBron and Magic. I mean, LeBron also wants to catch Magic Johnson in rings. And I don't think Magic is egotistic at all. Like, regarding players passing him like magic says hey kobe's the best laker of all time and i think magic is one of the first people to say that in la like magic is fine with people catching him and eventually passing him magic is just this guy that wants to make everyone better and just make the lakers better and i believe he's going to put the team around lebron that lebron needs going forward for lebron to win as many rings as he can in la because the Lakers are going to have cap space in the summer of 2019, and I believe our young core is going to hit huge strides this season. So like I said, I just think Magic and LeBron are going to be, they'll probably have the base, the best relationship that a worker of a team and a player of a team will ever have. Like I, besides Magic and uh, Dr. Buss, like, Basically, Magic just wants to reverse the roles now. He wants to be Dr. Buss and have LeBron be Magic. So this is just going to be an awesome three to four year experience. Like like I said, this will be the LeBron show for me. I it just honestly it's fun talking about LeBron. Like he is I mean, is it safe to say he's the best player of all time? I'm not gonna crown him the best Laker of all time, because I to be the best Laker of all time, you have to win a ring. Like, that's just the ground rules for our franchise because, I mean, when you get to Staples Center, just look up, you see what you're playing for. And, I mean, if he wins just one, you might, as, you might be able to call him that because he did it in a Laker jersey and then he's already going to be the best player of all time so I don't know I don't know what the rule I don't know what we're gonna come up with the guidelines for LeBron to be the greatest Laker of all time because not only regarding titles LeBron is gonna pass probably points leaders rebounds leaders assists leaders and maybe even like steals or blocks as a member of the Lakers like in a Lakers jersey so Again, I'd, we're going to have to come up with guidelines to what LeBron has to do to be a the greatest Laker of all time. But, I mean, if you want to crown him the greatest player of all time, go ahead. And I honestly believe us as NBA Twitter, we need to, or just NBA fans, we need to stop comparing generations. We need to just compare the generation for what that player played in and just leave it at that. Like, for... The 60s through the 80s, you can go like Bill, Wilt, Jerry, and Dr. J. And then you can discuss who are the best four out of those. You could also throw Bill Walton into there and then go on to the 80s. 
In the 80s, it was Magic and Larry and Isaiah. Go to the 90s. It was Michael Jordan and just go to the 2000s. It's Shaq, Kobe, Timmy. Um, and then you get to the 2010s and LeBron kind of like goes from like 2006 to like now. Like LeBron's in the 2010s with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and it'll be those three. So we just need to start comparing people to the generation that they played in and not try to put other people's opinions down where they rank the top 10 players of all time because I can't tell you how great Bill Russell was. I didn't really watch it, and I don't spend time watching film of Bill Russell. I try to find whatever clips I can for Jerry... Wilt and Elgin because I'm a Laker fan, so I don't really spend that much time into watching players from different eras that weren't Lakers. Like I am proud enough in my basketball knowledge to admit that. Like when talking about Magic, I only have watched Magic. Oh, I've totally forgot Kareem. Kareem could also go from like the 70s to the 80s as well. And I mean, I only kind of watched Lakers film. And luckily, in the 80s, guess what team won the most? the Lakers, so it's very easy to say Magic Johnson was the best player in the 80s. Who did I also see in these films? Larry Bird. Guess who won the second most in the 80s? Larry Bird. So I can say those are the two best players in the 80s. And then obviously since Jordan, I've been able to watch a lot more. But obviously when Jordan played, he was, a great, he was the best since, I mean... The man won six finals and never lost. So I just feel like we need to start breaking down our best players of all time list into just categories. And then, hell, if you want to even do it more, break it down by position. Just stop trying to compare certain athletes to a different generation because the game was played different. In some eras, there wasn't a three-point line. In some eras, hand-checking was allowed. In some eras, it's not. So I just feel like we need to be better. We need to just not be foolish on the timeline. That's all we need to try to do. And let's see. Let's just talk more about LeBron and like what his legacy is right now. So already, he is the probably greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. Now he's coming to the greatest franchise to ever probably play a sport, which is the Los Angeles Lakers, and I mean, already, what's LeBron bringing to the table? He's bringing playoff hopes, he's bringing title hopes, and he's also just bringing, I mean, the amount of money he's going to bring to the downtown LA area, like LA Live, and just how much revenue he's going to bring the Los Angeles Lakers, not just that, like the bars around Staples Center, and not just at Staples Center, just bars in LA, in California, like, people want to watch this guy play basketball. People want to hang out with others while watching the greatest player of all time play. So just, there's so many positives that LeBron is going to bring to the Lakers when you don't even talk about wins or losses. Then, when you talk about what he actually brings to a team, he's one of the not he's maybe the smartest player i've ever seen play the game of basketball he knows where everyone needs to be on the court he will tell you where you need to be on the court 
He's probably the greatest finisher I've ever seen finished around the rim. He has developed a reliable outside shot. He has been playing amazing in the post for the past couple years in the playoffs and the regular season. And, I mean, it's just exciting times. He also opens up the floor for a lot of players around him. So just expect a ton of open shots for all of our players on the current team. And let's see. Regarding his actual like talent level, obviously he's still the best player in the NBA. Like I don't think that's questionable. LeBron by himself, I mean, almost got a game from the Warriors, and I guess that's how we'll kind of base this. Because LeBron, I mean, outside of Kevin Love, the team was kind of I'm not gonna say garbage because yes, they did get to the NBA finals, but it was obviously not as great as the Warriors. Like if we're taking like, if you saw the two rosters with the Cavs and the Warriors, you're going, I'm taking LeBron first, and then the next four players you hear are going to be all Warriors. And then the sixth person will be Kevin Love, and then the seventh person will probably be Iggy, and so the Warriors have five of the seven best players in the finals on one team. So I just think the fact LeBron dropped, like, 51-8-8 against the Warriors and still lost, like, that is where LeBron is right now. That's how good he is right now. Like, he is still, I mean, he's not at his athletic prime, but he's still in his basketball prime. And I hope to see that continue because we do have him for four years. I mean, three if he opts out for his fourth year. And, I mean, he might start slowing down in two to three years. But that's just a risk you got to take with signing the greatest player of all time to a multi-year deal at the max. Like, hey, two really good years of LeBron might be worth giving him a four-year contract. That's kind of what the Rockets did with Chris Paul because I don't believe the Rockets think Chris Paul is going to still be playing amazing in two more years given the fact that he gets hurt every playoffs and they're going to be paying him $50 million to basically get injured every April or May. And let's see. Expectations for LeBron next season. I mean... It's been, what, 10, 10 years since the Lakers have had a MVP, which was Kobe in 2008, and, I mean, LeBron was, what, runner-up in MVP voting this year, and now he's going to come to this 35-win team. He's going to take us to the playoffs, get us to 50-plus wins. He's going to do this in the, I mean, I know people call New York the mecca of basketball, but I'm just, LA is the biggest basketball market you can get. Like, I I know it's New York. Cool. L.A. actually has, like, history, rings, since the fucking 70s. Like, I don't mean to knock the Knicks, but, I mean, the best you guys can do is what? Losing in the Eastern Conference in the fucking 90s? Yet you guys want to call yourself the basketball capital of the world? No, it's L.A. It's not even close anymore. And not only that, just... The media, Hollywood, the bright lights. We're going to have the most probably televised games on TV. And a lot of fucking NBA MVP voters just watch the nationally televised games. So I just believe LeBron's going to win MVP next season. And then you look at our team. We don't really have that second all-star. So LeBron can... I mean, shit, he's... He's going to have the ball a lot in his hands, like Luke Walton has already said. And, 
I mean, there are going to be games where LeBron's going to have to will this current Lakers team to victory by himself. But I also believe he's going to have a very high assist rate this season, given the players we have around him, given how well Josh Hart can shoot from three, given how well Kyle Kuzma can score the ball, given how well Brandon Ingram made the leap from year one to year two, given how well I think Lonzo is going to improve his jump shooting ability or the catch and shoot release from year one to year two. He's also going to have clutch sport agent or clutch sport uh, athlete Contavious Caldwell-Pope still shooting very well from three. He's also going to have JaVale McGee to throw lobs to. He's also going to have Michael Beasley to get assists with as well. I think this might be one of LeBron's best passing years. And that's crazy given the amount of insane passes that he had last season. Most notably against us when he made two Lakers go the exact opposite way of where he wanted to pass it. So like I said, I think he has a very good chance of being MVP this season. Just based on the fact alone, he's going to take a 35-win team to a 50-plus win team. And he's going to be head and shoulders above everyone on our team like as the best player. So like with great responsibilities, or with great power comes great responsibilities. And that's what he's going to have in L.A. Like we gave you the keys to this historic franchise. Get us back to it. If you get us back to it, the MVPs are going to pile up. You're going to just build your basketball like legacy even more. Get us to the promised land. Your basketball legacy will build even more. Now, where can we expect LeBron to play at? So he's obviously going to be the small forward slash power forward in the starting lineup. I'm not sure where the Lakers are going to go with it, whether the Lakers play LeBron at the three and Kuzma at the four, or Ingram at the three and LeBron at the four and have Kuzma come off the bench. Also, given the lack of talent at the center position, although I believe JaVale can play, I believe Zubak is going to improve a lot this season, and I believe more, or I believe Mo Wagner is going to be a tremendous rookie player this season. LeBron's going to have to spend a lot of time at the center position with the Los Angeles Lakers because our best lineup is going to be coming with him at the five. So he's going to be able to show that he can still play defense down low. And I mean, just looking at LeBron, he's this impressive physical specimen that probably can handle some minutes at the five, given the, I mean, there's not a lot of talent at the five position anymore in the NBA. Like, unless you're Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, or like Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, none of these other fives can really score for themselves. And like, that's not being crazy, it's just how it actually is. Like, the talent at the five is not what it used to be in the Shaq era, in the Hakeem era. Like, these centers can't really score down low with their backs to the basket anymore, since in the AAU system, it's all pace and space, shoot threes, layups, and a lot of those big guys are actually, like, doing that. Like, they're shooting threes, so they're not as skilled down low as they used to be. So that's why I believe LeBron can run at the five for, um, extended minutes this season. There also is chatter about LeBron playing off ball, which, I mean, he should. Like, for as much as he can to get some rest so he can play actual defense this season. Like, we have the ball handlers with Lonzo, Rondo, Ingram. Like, we have players that can set you up, so you don't have to pound the ball to expand 
or just waste all of your energy on one side of the ball to where you have to kind of coast on defense to get ready for offense. Like we have people to take the pressure off of you on offense. Like let Lonzo set up others and or throw you lobs. Let Rondo f- give you the ball where you want it in the post. Like we have players that are going to make life a lot easier for you this season. So just let them do it. But hey, when you want the ball and when you want to take over, go for it. And like I said, this is why he can play off ball. We have the talent around there. Also, Kuzma can create his own shot. Josh Hart in Summer League kind of showed he can start to create even more. And then when LeBron wants the ball in his hands a lot, hey, we can put Zvi, who I want to call the next Kyle Korver, in the lineup and just have him come off screens and LeBron find him. Like, there are so many ways that I believe this team can help LeBron get rest compared to last season's Cavs. Also, we have a way better, in my mind, defensive team than what the Cavs had last year. I think Lonzo might be, for the past two years, the best defender LeBron's played with. Like, Lonzo plays pretty fantastic defense for a rookie point guard who's going to be entering his second season. He was, I believe, like second in the league regarding blocks from the point guard position and then like top fucking top five for steals or top six or something something crazy like that and he plays really good help defense he doesn't get blown by on offense or when he's on defense he doesn't get blown by by the ball handler you also have ingram who has length you also have kcp who's a hell of a wing defender so like lebron might not be asked to guard your best player and he wasn't guarding your best player anyway last year as a cav but this upcoming season, he has players that can play defense. Even, I mean, Kuzma at stretches showed he can play some kind of defense. It's just when LeBron has to play five, that's going to be our biggest question mark. And we're going to need to see more improvement by every player I just listed on the defensive side to just help LeBron save his energy. And, all right, so if everything, like I just said, goes according to plan, if... LeBron's able to play on ball when he wants and then play off ball to rest as well as playing center during small ball stretches playing with capable NBA defenders and getting rest by guarding a like a third or fourth option on the defensive side I expect us to be the second or third seed I expect us to get above 50 wins because if you look at our team last year we won 35 games with Brandon Ingram missing 26 games or 24 i believe he was right at 24 because i believe he did play 58 games which is the stat qualifier for all the basketball reference or nba stats and lonzo missed 30 kcp was in jail in december um we just we had a whole bunch of just roster turnover at the deadline to begin the season and then you factor in the injuries that happened with lonzo and ingram and we still won 35 games. We were still competitive in almost every game we played. Like, we played the Warriors very close. And for two of those games, they had their entire team. They were healthy. We beat the Rockets with Harden and CP3. I believe Clint Capella wasn't playing that day. But, like, again, we still beat Chris Paul and James Harden. Uh, we also played really close to them in, like, the other games that we played with. Uh, we also beat the Sixers at full health, who are going to be the second best team or third best team in the East. So it's like these Lakers didn't just beat bad teams, they competed with really good teams as well. 
and just like this journey that LeBron's going to embark with with the Los Angeles Lakers, it's going to be heavily documented. Like you see all of the Lakers reporters and beat writers and just even the people that follow LeBron that that cover him. Like there's like a story about LeBron coming out every day, whether it's LeBron went to summer league, LeBron speaks about the roster, LeBron uh, built this school. There's a question or two regarding what he expects from the Lakers like with different aspects. So this team is going to be heavily covered. So these three to four years with LeBron in LA can 